Welcome to the Plainfield Christian Church Podcast. We hope that the message today encourages you. Today's podcast comes from our weekly Facebook Live broadcast called Weekday Chat. To tune in live and interact with us online, join us during your lunch on Facebook, Wednesdays at noon. Enjoy today's podcast. Everybody. Welcome to Weekday Chat, where we meet with, meet midweek to talk about where we've been and where we're going. My name is Riley Weaver. I'm one of the ministers here at Plainfield Christian Church. I'm one of the ministers as well. My name's Kyle. It's good to be with you. Uh, please feel free to write any questions or comments, and we'd love to get a response back to you. This past Sunday, Steve opened up a new series for us, A Clear Vision of Our Mission. And uh, he used Luke 5 as the text. And, and through this story, Steve just really pointed out to us that if we want to be a vibrant church, the, the, most, the best way to be a live church is to share the burden of loving all people to new life in Christ, that that call, that that mission would be what makes us really be vibrant. And that vibrant churches share four marks, and that is one of desperation, compassion, innovation, and cooperation. And so with this month, as we look at a clear vision of our mission, there's also three challenges that we're pushing uh, all month long for our people to rally around, and that's Mm -hmm. pray, give, and go. And pray, we're wanting everyone to pray through uh, Matthew 9, 37, and 38, just for more workers of the kingdom Mm -hmm. to be raised up. Absolutely. Uh, Giving. Uh, we just continue to want to advance the kingdom through resources. Of course, Riley and his department notified us that we reached 87 countries uh, last year through um, just different projects and giving, but giving's to be uh, a challenge and then go. And we really want everybody to have one intentional conversation with someone who doesn't know Jesus mm. yet. So mm. just a, a good match with the month of a clearer vision of our mission is pray, give, and go. Just mm. a, a simple challenge to everyone. Awesome. Thanks, man. Yeah, that's great. I'm personally super excited for this series. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, one of the things Steve talked about is, um, you know, the different needs in our community, um, caring for those needs. Um, you know, as far as being on mission, what do you think that, what are some of the needs that maybe we don't always notice in our community? You know, things that we can help people with, ways we can reach out. What are your thoughts? You know, as I, as I, I love this text and every time, you know, it just strikes me differently. And, I just continued to think, <coughs> excuse me, when we talked about, you know, this, this man being paralyzed that was raised, you know, lowered in front of the feet of Jesus, I, I just quickly think in, in my world and my um, routine of, of what I do, and I, and I just actually thought of Sunday morning of the people who come into our church and, and fill the rows, and, and I just thought, you know, we have a bunch of crippled men and women filling up our seats. Mm. And, and when I say crippled, I mean paralyzed. And I don't mean that physically. I'm, You know, they might not be physically paralyzed, but they're emotionally paralyzed. You know, mm-hmm. they, they aren't in, um, from a childhood experience or a past experience that they've had. Or, you know, people might not be uh, physically mute, but they've never spoken of the shame mm. and the regret yeah. that their recent decisions, you know, that 
has caused them to live in this way and and they're suffocating and yet you know how it's easy to just put on the Sunday smile and yep. come and so I, I just find myself thinking man don't become unaware that there are so many needs right now in every single one of these rows yep. you know um, let alone that spills out to the community what, sure what about yeah you? absolutely um, this is something that I think about a lot just because of my role here at the church. And one of the things that I tell people often is the the issues in some communities, um, the issues that the average person in a lot of communities struggles with um, are, um, they're very visible. Mm. Um, you know, if you go to like the inner city somewhere, maybe it's it's dirty it is there's homeless people there's poverty things like that now obviously um there are certain people that you know are impoverished in our community mm-hmm. but um i'd say the average person is not right. um you know our community is really clean towns do a great job taking care of everything so um i tend to think that the issues in our community and the things that we can address as a church are more invisible mm. you know like you're saying i think mental health issues are huge to me, the biggest one is loneliness. Mm-hmm. You know, we all live in these big neighborhoods, mm-hmm. and I'm sure some neighborhoods are different, some cul-de-sacs are different, but, you know, for the most part, people driving in the neighborhood, they pull in their driveway, they pull, sure. in, pull in their garage, yep. they walk in their house, <laughs> they go into their fenced-off backyard, and it's kind of hard to build relationships yeah. with people for those mm-hmm. reasons. Um I think even, you know, being, a, you know, a 20-something is hard in this community in a lot mm-hmm. of ways because uh, it's a very family-centered community. Yeah. A lot of the activities um, are revolve around the schools. Even a lot sure. of the activities here at church revolve around family things. Mm-hmm. And when you don't have kids, you kind of don't know where you fit in. So yeah. I think one thing that we can do is just be a friend to people, yeah. um, you know, hang out with our neighbors, try to, you know, build relationships. That's huge to me. And that's part of why I'm excited about the core of our vision, yes. impacting homes by opening ours, because I really feel like it addresses the root issue of that loneliness. Right. And all ages. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. That's great. Well, like we said, one of those marks was desperation um, of, a, of, a, of a church. And to you, Riley, what are what are some what what does it look like for to be desperate for people to know Jesus? Sure. I think the biggest sign of desperation um, for me is sacrifice. Mm-hmm. You know, do you go out of your way to build relationships with lost people? Um, we can't expect everybody to come to the church. So like you were talking about earlier, we've got to go to them. Do we go out of our way to do that? Um, you know, financial sacrifices, um, you know, different things like that. And I mean, I always talk about our missionaries just because I'm so impressed by, and I'm sure people are getting tired of me, uh, talking about this stuff pretty consistently, uh, you know, every time I get the opportunity, but you know, a lot of our missionaries has made serious sacrifices because they're desperate for lost people to know Jesus. I mean, Mm -hmm. I, a lot of our missionaries, they're super intelligent people, um, really wise people gifted in a lot of different ways. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they 
they don't always make a bunch of money. Mm-hmm. Um, they definitely could have made a lot more money if they lived in the States, even if they were a pastor in mm-hmm. the States and pastors generally don't make that much money. Um, you know, these are people who they go overseas, they struggle with health issues because of, you know, whatever kind of tropical diseases they encounter. Oh, yeah. Um, so, you, you know, spend time away from home. So those are the kind of things I think of, you know, are we willing to sacrifice for lost people? What about yeah. you? What do you think? Yeah. Well, um, one particular, uh, example that, that Steve shared that really struck me, um, just differently is, you know, he talked about, you know, it's one thing for a student to d- decide, you know, Hey, I'm going to go to undergrad and study mm-hmm. cross cultural, you know, uh, cross culture to go be a missionary. Um, but it's another thing for the parents to say, yes, we're just as desperate for this land mm-hmm. of people to know Jesus too, that, that we want to sacrifice, pay the money yep. and, and get our own child over here. Sure. Uh, it, it was just a different angle of looking at the, mm-hmm. the sacrifice of what desperate yeah. might look like as from a parent view. Um, and then just even personally at, at home for me, uh, you know, just here in the last few weeks, they, they've started putting up four new homes mm. right, right by us. And so that's four new families, four new stories that are going to be moving in, I'm sure, you know, later this this spring before summer. And, you know, just, you know, when I'm, I'm posed with this question, what does desperate look like for the mm. Nelson home? You know, how, how can we be praying now and, and gearing sure. up like over these homes yeah. of, you know, what, what's going to happen? What, what are the stories, you know, mm. will they know Jesus? If not, how can we, you know, build this relationship sure. with them? So it, it, it hits home really, um, clearly now as we're seeing each day, you know, these homes being built, yeah. uh, just of what's coming. So I think just, you know, how we can shape our family life and, yeah. and prayers and, and teach that. One of the things I talked with somebody about the other day was, um, you know, in Steve's sermon, he finished by talking about the story of Louis Pasteur and Joseph Meister. Don't have time to repeat that story. But uh, if you didn't see the sermon on Sunday, you need to check it out online because it was a really cool and great story. But, um, you know, I I talked with this person. I said, you know, whose name do you want to have on your tombstone Mm. one day? you know, what, what person do you want to be a part of saving? You know, who, who are you really desperate Mm -hmm. to have that type of relationship with? And I think that's an important thing for us to think about. Absolutely. So one of the other things Steve talked about was how people carry us to Jesus. Oh yeah. Um, you know, we have, he said, you know, when people come to the church, he always asks them, you know, how do you connect? Mm-hmm. They say, well, I just walked in the door. Right. And he said, nobody just ever walks in the door, <laughs> right. you know. Right. Um, you know, did you have a grandma that brought you to VBS yeah. when you were a kid? Well, you know, that person helped bring you to Jesus, you know. Right. I mean, because they they gave you the idea, hey, church is a good place. I want to go there. So yeah. who who are the people in your life oh, that yeah. you think have carried you to Jesus? Oh, and, and you don't have to talk about me. It's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um. Well, I mean, just my family, yeah. my, my mom and dad. I mean, I was uh, fortunate enough to, to, to grow up in a, in a home that, that, you know, knew the Lord and, and prayed regularly mm. and, and went to church. So, you know, I, I was blessed to, to grow up in that environment, in, a, in an environment where I got to see that it was um, relationship, sure. you know. And, and so that, that for sure was the foundation. But when I really think of, like, what— really when I launched my own walk um it was 
uh, some friends from uh, that I met at University of Southern Indiana my freshman year of, of, of college. I, hmm. I move in day. I met a guy named Dan Odd, and uh, his dad was a minister. Hmm. And so I knew I had, you know, my I wasn't really living out my faith at the time, hmm. like I like I should have been. And but I knew I wanted to to have it back, and I was deep down praying that God would bring me back, yeah. you know, to a, to a good cool. relationship. And anyhow, so I met Dan, and Dan introduced me to a, a girl named Ryan, and then I saw Ryan on the first day of classes, and she asked me, she said, hey, would you like to come to a Bible study later with me? And hmm. um, I, uh, I said no, because it was MTV Awards <laughs> that night. But Priorities, the, right. Uh, but the next week I went, and I never missed a week, you know, huh. after that. And um, But there was, there was about five or six friends down at USI that totally carried me uh, back to Jesus That's uh, awesome, throughout man. that year. And I'm forever grateful for that, that year. What about you, Riley? That's awesome, yeah. Uh, I think for me it's, you know, my parents especially. Mm-hmm. Um, around the time I was born, my parents weren't really going to church, but— um, my aunt actually invited them to come to PCC. She was going to PCC. They decided to come. And, um, you know, my mom started coming for a while. My dad started coming later. Um, but, you know, my first memory as a kid is actually my dad getting baptized, mm. which is pretty cool. I can't wow. remember anything before that. Yeah. Um, it was when I was five or six, I think. Okay. But um, so, you know, Tim Gephardt, he used to work here. He's a friend of mine, a mentor of mine, he used to be my boss. And he would always tell a story about how his wife, Beth, um, said that her parents made it easy for her to follow Jesus um, just because, you know, they, they really lived it out. You know, they didn't go to church and then do something else the rest of the week. And that's kind of the way I think about my parents. You know, they lived it out. They made it easy for me to follow Jesus. My mom started working here eventually. I was here all the time. Um, you know, I remember seeing my dad do his Bible study, take his Bible to work. Um, so for me, I think that was really the encouraging piece. I mean, there's other people along the way for sure. I mean, I practically yeah. grew up in the church mm-hmm. walls here, yeah. you know, used to throw my GI Joe paratrooper <laughs> off the balcony in the sanctu- sanctuary, uh, true story. But so, I mean, you just interacting with all the people here in the church too, was a really, um, you know, shaping experience for yeah. me. So all awesome. those were really special. Good deal. So, well, everybody, thanks for tuning in this week. I uh, really appreciate you taking the time. This Sunday, we've got a special guest preacher. His name's Chris Irwin. Awesome guy. He's uh, one of our former missionaries. He and his wife, Nisha, um, are starting a new ministry with ICOM called Intermission, where they're going to be um, intentionally discipling young adults. He's going to be preaching this Sunday, talking about his experience as a missionary, Um And specifically, the sermon title is called A Mission to Adapt. You know, how do we adapt our mission in a changing culture? It's not that our message ever changes, but our methods have to. So I'm super excited about this. Chris is an awesome guy. Uh, He's going to have a lot of good things to share with us. So I hope to join us this Sunday to see it. But until then, have a great week. See ya. Thank you for listening to the podcast today. It's our desire for you to grow in your understanding of Christ's love as you partner with us in our mission to love all people to new life in Christ. If you have any questions about our church or would like to plan a visit with us, go to plainfieldchristian.com. If you would like to receive our podcast every week, we encourage you to subscribe to the Plainfield Christian Church podcast on whatever podcasting platform you prefer. Have a great week.